We're going to be talking about aesthetics. And it starts with a mission at the end of yesterday's daf, at the end of Ches Amad Beis. Uh, we're still in the sequence of Ein Bein this, the that, where the, where the missionaries are giving us situations that appear similar but are fundamentally different. Ein Bein Sfarim Litfilin Umzuzot. There is no difference between the way we write Sfarim, uh, which Rashi says is Torah Nevi'im Uksuvim, Tanakh, and the way we write Tfilin Umzuzot, Elasha Sfarim Nichtavim Becholoshe. Tanakh can be written in any language. Tfilin Umzuzot Ena Nichtavim Ela Ashuris, and Tfilin Umzuzot can only be written in Ashurit, which Rashi says means Loshon Hakodesh in Hebrew. Rabbi Shimon Gamliel says even Tanakh can only be written other than Hebrew, other than Lashon HaKodesh, it can only be written in Greek, not in any other language. Says the Gemara on Adaf on Tesamudalif, the Gemara brings a story about Tanya Omer Rabbi Yehuda, Afkishihitiru Rabotenu Yevanit, even when our Rabbeim allowed Greek, they only allowed it in the case of Sefer Torah and because of the story with Talmai HaMelech. Talmai HaMelech was a, a Greek king who reigned in Egypt. This was during the time of the second Beis Hamikdash. He was a, 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 a valued culture and philosophy and, and art. and He was a very cultured person and was in, in his time Alexandria became the intellectual capital of the world. And one of the things he wanted was a, an authentic copy of Tanakh, of the Torah. Um, and he brought, this is the famous story of the Septuagint. This is the Makor in, in Chazal for the story. He brought 72 Gedolim together and he had them translate the Torah. Uh, he put them into 72 different rooms. He wanted to make sure that he would get a genuine edition. He didn't even tell them why he was putting them there. He went into each house separately. Write, write down the Torah of Moshe, your Rebbe. And Natan uh, the Yibonisham gave them all the same idea and they made certain changes to avoid ambiguity in the Torah because translations are dangerous, certainly in the hands of Talmud HaMelech. So they all made the same little changes so that the, the, there would be a correlation with all the 72 different versions. But then the Gemara gives the various little things that they changed in order to avoid misunderstanding. One has to be very careful with, with translation, as we see today already. The translations of Gemara are being used by anti-Semites against us. We, the tr translations one has to be very, very careful with, and they were very careful, and they had Siata Dishmai. On the next Omud, uh, we learn Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omer, again, we bring the case of the of the Mishnah, that in the, the Sefer Torah also can only be written in Greek, not in other languages. So Rabbi Yavau, in the name of Rabbi Yochanan, says we paskin like Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, that it can be written only in Greek. The Rambam says the Greek we know today is not, is not classical Greek, and therefore it doesn't apply. Today we can only write in Ivrit, but when we knew classical Greek, we could have written in that as well. What's the reason of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel? 
but the brochas to Yefet that Noach gives to Yefet that says Hashem will give Yefet beauty and it will dwell in the Basay Medrash of shame. Greek will dwell in the Basay Medrash of shame. Dvor of Shel Yefet, Yuba Shem. The words of Yefet will be in the Basay Medrash. For Ema Gomer Magog, who says Yefet, because he gave this brocha not only to, to Yefet, but to, to Gomer and Magog, part of Yefet's family. Notice the word, it's not just Yefet, it's Yafte Elohim Yefet. This is about aesthetic beauty. It's the beauty of Yefet that has to be in, incorporated in the Bosse Medrash of, of Shem. Uh, Rashi says that that's of, of all those, those fa- that family of languages, Greek is the most beautiful one, and it's the beauty that Chazal incorporates. The two big questions we deal with here are, number one, so wh- which is the reason? Is the reason because of the case of Talmud HaMelech, or is the reason because of the Posuk in Nach? Why, why are we given different reasons for why Greek is, is allowed? If it's because of, of the Posuk in Nach, why do we need the story with Talmud HaMelech? Then it's it's, it's Mutter. Um, and secondly, how can we learn anything from Talmud HaMelech? He, they were forced. They didn't have a choice. There was Pikuach Nefesh. He didn't give them a choice whether to do it or not to do it. How can you learn from that that whenever you want to, you can, uh, you can write the, the Torah in, in Greek? But I think what we have here is two different dimensions of, uh, of this. The first is when the, when the Mishnah says, What does that mean? The, form, the, the lettering, the script is Greek, or the language is Greek? So from Talmai HaMelech, you see that a translation is okay. Says the, the Ture Evan, which I bring at, at the bottom, uh, there are different views in the Rishonim, the Ramban, and the Ram, there are different views as to what, does this mean you can be Yotza Kriyasa Torah with us? Does this mean you can be Yotza, the mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah in Greek? Says the Ture Evan, all it means is you can learn out of a Sefer Torah that's written in Greek. This is about learning. You may write a Sefer Torah in Greek in order to learn out of it. Why would you want to learn out of a Sefer written in Greek? For the purposes of translation. So, so there are two elements. The one is, may you translate the, ta- the Tanakh? And Rabbi Shemuel Yom says, only into Greek. Big Shaila about our translations today and other languages and so on. Um, and the second view is, and can you use Greek letters? Or do you have to use Torah, do you have to use uh, Hebrew letters? And you can use Greek words spelt out in, in, in Hebrew letters. That we learn from Yaftelukim that you can use Greek letters. They're two different things. You can use Greek script and you can translate into Greek. You can translate because of the Maise with Talmud HaMelech and you can use Greek, Greek script because of the Posuk from Noach. So why do we need the case of Talmud HaMelech to teach us that you, can, that you can translate? What's the issue with translation? The issue with translation is that translation is always already a parish. So from Talmud HaMelech, what we have over there is we have an authentic Greek translation. The Septuagint, which is the basis of, of, of all later translations of the Tanakh. Uh, the, the King James Version is the translation of the Septuagint from the Greek. Um, and from that came all the other various different versions of, um, uh, of, of, of the Bible, certainly of the, uh, of the Old Testament. The, um, w- what's important is, what we learn from Talmud HaMelech is, there is a, a translation authorized by 72 Zikanim. That's why we can use that translation. Translation is difficult. Uh, one of my cousins, Rebavir Ornstein, is a quiet person, but probably one of the biggest Tamidei Chachomim alive today. Um, and he, apart from writing 
a parish on Tehillim and on the Megillus and a whole Sefer on all of the Baal HaMor and Shas, explaining all the Baal of Baal HaMor and Shas. Amazing Talmud Chochem. He also, uh, many years ago, translated most of, of the Mishnah Brewer into English. And while he was busy with that, he showed me a piece uh, that, that he was working on and he said, how would you translate this word? And I told him how I would translate it. He said, yes, I also would have translated it that way. But here's the problem. This quote in the, in the Shulchan Aruch is a quote from the Rambam. And, if, and the, and the Ravid has a question on the Rambam. If you translate it the way you've just suggested, the Ravid doesn't make any sense. And he pulls out a shorter English dictionary, a big two-volume thing, and he shows me what the words that I used actually mean. And he said, but I found another word. If you translate it this way, then you understand the ambiguity and why the Rambam and the Ravid see the halachas differently. And I said to him, Rebbeveld, is anybody gonna, who's reading the English Mishnah Brewer is going to worry about a Machlokas Rambam and Ravid inside? I said, it doesn't matter, but that's, that's not Emes if, if you don't translate it that way. So when you're dealing with a translator who is a massive Talmud Chochem himself, then every word, then you can actually learn from it. That's what the, the Torah even says. The Chidush is you can learn from it. You can be Medayak from it. You can deduce from it. You can extrapolate from it. Because it was written by 72 Zakanim. It's, it's a... It's a version which is powerful enough to be used to learn from. That's the first aspect of being written in Greek, and that's because we have that version written by those 72 Zakanim. Uh, then comes the question, so what do we learn from Noach? That's another thing. That's the question of, of the characters, of the script. And it's the, it's the Greek script which, which is beautiful, and we see from here, that there is value attached in Torah, to aesthetic beauty. We see it from, from the Beis HaMikdash and from the Kalim and from the Big Day Kahuna. We see it over and over again that there's value attached to, to beauty. So if Greek beauty is so important, why Hanukkah and Hellenism and why do we why is, is, Greek, is Greek on the contrary? There's always been a battle with Greek, with Greece. That's when beauty is made into a value. What the Greeks did was they, they synthesized, they harmonized beauty and virtue. If something's beautiful, it's virtuous. If something's not beautiful, it's not virtuous. That has to show. That's not okay. There are things that aren't beautiful, but they still they have kedusha. Or they, you can have a human being who's, who's, not, who's ugly. He's not beautiful, but he still has kedusha. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Beauty is not a value. Beauty doesn't tell you anything about the value of the object. Beauty is design. Beauty is aesthetics. Beauty is just to make something beautiful. It's something, it's something added on. Rebelio Desler says that the stars, you know, think of the, of the universe and how big and how magnificent it is. It is one of the reasons for the stars is to inspire humanity with beauty at nighttime. Just to look at the stars and enjoy the beauty. That's part of the beauty. I remember the first time that I went diving, it was actually in Elat when I was in Yeshiva. In those days, the water in Elat was very, very clear. And the beauty under the water was beauty that I'd never seen before and have never seen since. Such beauty, and I thought to myself, Rebunishim, such beauty, and you hide it under the water where you've got to go diving. How many people even see this? And the beauty out in, in outer space, how many people even see that? It doesn't matter. When you do something, do it beautifully. Why do it in an ugly way? Do it beautifully, not because the beauty in itself is important, but the beauty lends chashivas to what you're doing. That's, that's what becomes important. And we see here that the incorporating, it's just all the Greeks did with beauty is they found the formula. They didn't create anything. It's not self-expression. It's not a philosophy. If you take out that element of beauty is virtue, that we can't accept. 
But the beauty itself, what the Greeks really did, they found the mathematical formula, the golden rectangles and the different proportions. They found the mathematical formula of what constitutes beauty. To find a formula and use a formula, that's certainly okay. I was once criticized because I said that, I showed how the Cheshbon HaSefer, Cheshbon HaNefesh, with Trubisroel Salanta published in his lifetime, he insisted it be republished because it was out of print at the time. The Sefer Cheshbon HaNefesh builds a whole section, in fact the whole basis of his Sefer, it's a Musa Sefer, is built on Benjamin Franklin's system of ethics. And, and uh, how can it be, how can, why would in Torah with Trubisroel Salanta is going to adopt Benjamin Franklin's system of ethics? Yes, because it's a system. It's a methodology, it's not a philosophy. It's just how to do it. And when it comes to how to do it, the same as you can adopt uh, medical methodology, you can adopt psychological methodology, you can adopt, adopt engineering methodology. If engineers have worked out how to build a bridge, can a Jew not build a bridge that way because it doesn't come from the Torah? No, you've just discovered methodology. And Greek beauty is the discovery of, of mathematical formulae that create aesthetic beauty, beauty that make something beautiful. And we've got to bring it into our Bosse Medrash. There's no reason not to. It, it, it's heartbreaking to me to see Bosse Medrash. And I'm not talking about money, about where it's involved in money. A thing can look beautiful without money. One comes and things are dirty and all over the place, and not, not made nice and not made beautiful. You go into somebody's office and you say, wow. You go into somebody's home, wow. You walk into the Bosse Medrash. I never heard anybody say, wow walk into the base of Medrash and say, wow, what's it to say wow about? It's often disgusting. The present company excluded, not talking about this base of Medrash. Why should that be? Why does it have to be that way? Why can't it be beautiful? That we, we see the importance of that. And again, beauty, not because the beauty is valuable. It's just the way you do it. If you're doing something, do it with beauty. Do it with an aesthetic. Make it look, make it pleasant to the senses so that everything is incorporated in it. You come in and your thinking is beautiful and your speaking is beautiful and your environment is beautiful. Everything is beautiful. And the Rebbeinu built a world that is so beautiful. Imagine if the Rebbeinu would have given us a world like we make our Bosse Medrash and Bosse Knesses. Imagine if the world looked the mess that our Bosse Medrash looked like. What would life be like? We go off on the Tiyul and it looks, sometimes it does look pretty bad. People leave junk all over the place. But that's a problem in itself. But that's not the Rebbeinu That's us messing the world up. But imagine if the world was as ugly as, as many of our Bosse Medrash are. Why should it be that way? What right have we got to be to create environments that aren't beautiful? And we, we see from here really the, the, the importance, not Chas Vashon, Greek philosophy of the, the, of the value of beauty. That's something that we reject. But the, but, but the beauty as a value, but the value of beauty in design, just in layout, in environment, in, in, in creating something wonderful, that yes, the Tiferis Israel left in his tzvo, in his will, that his forum should only be printed beautifully. That if they haven't got the money to print it beautifully, they shouldn't print. Uh, because it makes a difference in the way you learn. If you're learning out of a beautiful safer and the writing is beautiful and the layout is beautiful, it makes it much easier. We see nowadays that they're printing such beautiful sforim. And it's so much easier to learn. You go and compare an old minchis chinuch with a new minchis chinuch. Uh, any of the sforim, the old rishonim, the content is the same. But the one is easy and beautiful to learn from and the other was a terrible struggle just to be able to read. There was no pleasure in it. Only the pleasure in the concept but not in the layout. 
Now, at least in the area of publication, we're seeing a value being placed on aesthetics. In Mitzvah Hashem, we should see that translating also into everything we do as B'nai Torah, that our life should not only be virtuous, but also beautiful. Yeah. Yeah.